Welcome back to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Thanks for tuning in once again. This edition is made possible by CARTS, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to safe and high-quality mobility for all. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Uh, good morning, Fred. Good morning. It is a good morning because we have with us once again Absolutely. <laughs> Consumer Reports Manager of Vehicle Technology, Kelly Funkhauser. Hi, Kelly. Hello. Kelly, so great having you with us again. I love coming back to you guys. Kelly, you and your team have been making some headlines lately with a, a new active driving assistance evaluation report, test results, insights, and design recommendations. Tell us a, a bit more about the report and how the work was conducted. So we've been doing this type of testing um, for several years now. We do it every two years because it's quite a large project and undertaking to do. But we started back in 2018 where we evaluated the named four systems on the market. So those are the systems that have the adaptive cruise control as well as the lane centering features. And so back then, uh, the ones that were making all the headlines, right, of course, were Super Cruise and Autopilot and ProPilot and Pilot Assist. So those were the systems that we started with. Ever since then, we've done it every two years. So we did an evaluation back in 2020, and then we just did one this past year in 2022. Um, some of the differences that we've, we've done in each of those evaluations. So like I said, the first one back in 2018, we had four systems. The one we did in 2020, what we looked at was trying to do a full market-wide comparison of the best available lane keeping or centering type of system on the market. Um, and some of those vehicles didn't have true lane centering, um, but we just wanted to give consumers kind of the full breadth of the market information to inform their purchasing decisions. Uh, and then this past year, we did only systems that have truly lane centering capabilities. So we wanted to do more of an apples to apples type of comparison. Um, and so this time around, we had a, a, a few uh, smaller numbers. So we didn't include all of the systems like the Mazda um, and some of those others that really only have the link keeping capability. Um, but this time it was a, a more uh, even playing field for all the systems. Well, the big headline uh, that came out of this, at least in the, in the press, was Ford's Blue Cruise Aus GM Super Cruise as Consumer Reports' top-rated active driving assistance system. Tesla Autopilot fell to mid-pack as other high-tech systems improved. So That's that right. was a su surprise to some, maybe. Not that folks at Ford, I'm sure. Yeah, both parts of those, I think, were a little bit of a surprise to some. Uh, so the first part, Blue Cruise, uh, you know, tops the charts, basically. So uh, two years ago, we did not evaluate the Blue Cruise system because it wasn't available to consumers. So um, the system that we evaluated from Ford and Lincoln uh, two years ago was was a different system with different capabilities. Uh, so it's not like this, their one system just all of a sudden had a dramatic improvement. It's, it's basically an entirely different overhaul of a system. Um, and yeah, really kind of what, what sets it apart is both that it performs well, but also has safeguards uh, such as the driver monitoring camera, which really ensures that the driver is, uh, well, at, at a minimum awake <laughs> and kind of looking towards the forward roadway, right? Um, while the system is active so that they don't become easily distracted or complacent and things like that. So those are, those are some of the reasons. Can I ask sort of a, a, a little question in here? Because the GM system is really constrained to the the roads that they have gone and and um, authorized this and tested it. Whereas I think that the Ford system is more open on that. Is that did that play a role? And and is that part of it? You think that the one jumped on top of the other? Um, yeah, it played a, a little bit of a role. Um, but really, the the both systems are geofenced, right? So they are mapped to use on you know uh, certain areas or, or locations of roadways, right? And I just want to stress this slash clarify this off the top is that we were not evaluating hands freeness 
right? Systems that allow hands-free, the hands-free aspect of driving, things like that. That was not part of this testing. This testing was truly just a comparison of the two features, adaptive cruise control and lane centering. So yes, uh, Alan, you're right. The Super Cruise is geofenced to only be able to work on uh, portions of pre-mapped highways. Similar, Essentially with, all in, uh, interstates right now, or maybe right. they've extended it somewhat, but th- whatever. I mean, but it's good. I mean, at least they define yeah. it and you try to turn it on when you're not there. It says, no, thank you, which is exactly. really great, exactly. what, which, which is, is what definitely. it sh- which is what it should do. Right. Right. That's right. That's right. So for Blue Cruise, um, kind of similarly, they allow hands free driving on the highways. So within those same or similar zones, right, that are pre-mapped, uh, they allow the drivers to take their hands off the wheel. Um, again, I'm not going to stress this enough. We weren't assessing the ability to take your hands off of the steering wheel whatsoever. Um, in fact, taking your hands off the steering wheel or enabling or promoting <laughs> you, drivers to take their hands off the steering wheel can come with its own risks, right, of, of, you know, if you don't have another safeguard in place to ensure their hands remain at the ready, like you do with a driver monitoring camera to make sure their eyes are on the road, right, you need to have all these safeguards in. Um, so again, not promoting, not part of the test. Um, so yeah, the Blue Cruise can be used in more locations beyond these hands-free zones. So, um, you know, on secondary roads or other types of roadways, you can turn it on and during all of those times that it's active, the camera is also active as well. And it's monitoring you and you don't pay attention. Then it, you know, asks you for a note from your mother and puts you in the corner with a dunce cap or however it deals yeah, with out. it. Exactly. It, it time out. Well, it, yeah. it should, it should, it should, it should. Okay. Whatever works for you. And so then, and in some sense repeated should probably, you know, get up and so on because it, it it must count these things it must know it, it knows yeah. it has the data it can do it if it chose to do it go ahead yeah no no that's exactly right you know you can't you can't totally uh, you know prevent a system from being abused or you know misused in that type of way where um if you get repeated warnings and prompts to stay engaged via whatever mechanism right you know, after a certain number of those or amount of time, you know, you should probably be, uh, you know, your toy should get taken away. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, uh, unfortunately, children have to be dealt with like children, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, I guess. Or, I, you know, I'm not a sociologist. Yeah. So therefore, no, no, you know, but, I have nothing I good, to, I, good to say here. Right. <laughs> right. Right. But I, I also don't want to conflate or confuse the idea that, um you know, a driver monitoring camera is either, you know, a bad thing or, or, or anything like that. In fact, driver monitoring cameras are kind of really to benefit the driver almost against the system that is in a way kind of setting them up to fail, right? If there's no driver monitoring camera, then, you know, it's, it's totally natural for all of us to, you know, become distracted and tired and whatever right not, and not so the, me the not me helps. i would yeah. never fall off the table i mean come on i mean <laughs> you know i am say, a, yeah of course of us. Yeah. it happens to the best of it yeah absolutely and i think we all need we all need to behave on this because in fact really it is driver misbehavior that is the cause of of most of our problems out there and well, if we didn't I, misbehave I, no, I mean, no 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 you don't, I don't think, think so that's true no you don't think it. driver misbehavior is a cause my darn I it don't. go ahead okay Maybe, no, we'll deal with that, that after we'll, we'll deal yeah. with that in a minute okay yeah go ahead yeah yeah the statistics of of the human error that 94 percent that far too many people love to throw around and blame drivers for um Again, it's the design of these systems that enable or allow drivers to do these things, right? So if you have a system that has a safeguard, like a camera, to ensure that your right. eyes are on the road, then you obviously can't take your eyes off the road, right? Absolutely. And so most of the systems out there that don't have one, right, they're enabling these types of behaviors. And I'm not even calling them, you know, necessarily bad behaviors. I'm calling them human behaviors, right? I'll of, call them okay, bad this, behaviors. This system, no, this <laughs> system is performing well, 
It's doing a good the job. Great. Yeah. It gets extra boring. We already drive, you know, automatic cars and electric cars, right? Like there's not a whole lot to do to begin with. And now if the system is controlling the speed and the steering, there's far less to do, right? Yeah. What are you going to do? You're not just going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to look for stimulation, right? And so, so it's, it's not that it's necessarily bad behavior. It's that the design and implementation of these systems allow for that. Yeah, it suckers which in. They shouldn't. It suckers in. They shouldn't in. allow for it. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 So, so Kelly, then what are your thoughts about the value of being able to take your hands off of the wheel and your feet off of the pedals? Is this a good thing to be promoting? Uh, the idea of it is very appealing to a lot of people, uh, especially if you haven't been in a vehicle where you can't do that, right? It's like, oh yeah, I totally want to be able to do X, Y, and Z. But the reality, once you're in one, is that you know you are in you know, maintain responsibility for that vehicle. You can't just take a nap. You can't just check out. Um, so, you know, the value of being able to take your hands and, you know, feet off of, of controlling the vehicle, I don't think adds a lot of value, but I think it does add potential risk to, you know, to the driver for, um, you know, not being at the ready to take over when they are uh, told they, they had to push, you know, all of the little, I agree, I agree, whatever boxes just to get the car started. Uh, they agreed to take responsibility and to always pay attention. Uh, but if the car's setting them up to, uh, you know, get bored or whatever, and, and doesn't have an adequate safeguard in place to counter that, uh, that's, that's really not fair. That's foreseeable misuse of the system, right? That's not bad behavior. That's foreseeable. Right. Your report says that it says some of the systems are designed in a way that may lull drivers into complacency, giving them a false impression that the car is handling everything on their behalf. And you point out that can be dangerous. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And so, you know, that's the key part of having these systems on, on vehicles. Now, again, I'm, I'm not against the system. I, I, I should clarify that because I know I just said, what is the point of them? But the point is that they do make driving easier and less stressful. And I've personally, and, and many people have benefited from using these systems, right? Uh, whether they provide additional headway from the adaptive cruise control, so you're not tailgating, uh, whether you know it's changing the speed for you as part of the adaptive cruise control, so you don't have to always get angry or like, oh, why aren't you going the same speed? You know, it'll it'll gracefully adjust the speed for you. And, you know, it can uh, calm you down in stressful situations. And same with the lane centering component, right? Lane deviation and, and road departure type of crashes are a concern. And if these systems are designed to keep you in the lane, uh, you know, potentially those types of, of crashes will be reduced with further widespread adoption of, of the lane centering technology. So there are clear convenience and, you know, less stressful type of benefits to these systems. Um, but again, you have to make sure that the driver uh, is able to respond and take over, especially because they're being asked to. So I guess the question is, are we focused on safety or are we focused on convenience? And Alan and I have had this discussion for a long time now. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, I think with respect to it is focused on safety and it is focused on convenience and the, and the big safety piece as, as Consumer Report properly points out is is the oversight piece so if you start you know falling off the table it keeps you on the table i mean it it, it keeps you from from hurting yourself is really what it does and is it is it too much um maybe but but probably not you, you really shouldn't be doing that this is you know, the, the, the act of driving is serious business because other people are involved and these things kill. I mean, so, you know, this isn't, this isn't, I don't know, sometimes if you buy a marble, it says, don't swallow it. Okay. Yeah. You know, whatever I, you know, I, you know, they, you need those, those things on there. We now have in cars, these yellow stickers that say, don't put a child on the, on the passenger seat. Well, you know, 
heaven. When we designed the airbags, we had no idea that they would explode so hard and kill a kid in the passenger seat. Certainly wasn't, so, you know, take care right, of that. But, we we but do those a, kinds of things. This, but this is, go ahead, Kelly. There's, there's a nuance between, you know, putting in these warnings about, you know, the product malfunctioning or potential, you know, some of, some of the risks with the product. But there's a difference between putting a product out there that has that a lot of people are using incorrectly that creates an unsafe situation mm -hmm. in the United States. Oftentimes products like that are recalled, right. right? A manufacturer cannot put out a product with known dangers and known risks where people are foreseeably misusing their product in a dangerous way. Absolutely. They are responsible for designing it so that it is used in a safe way or providing some sort of safeguard to protect against those foreseeable risks, right? Yeah. So yes, we have these, you know, tap throughs on the on the vehicles. Pay attention. Okay, great, cool. Uh, but but they also need to build in a mechanism to actually ensure that drivers are able to stay attentive and not foreseeably misuse. Now, I, again, I'm not talking about the abuse stuff, right? But becoming distracted, complacent, tired, bored, those are so extremely foreseeable. Like there is decades and decades of literature on people getting bored watching paint dry, right? Uh, like that's that's extremely foreseeable. And so, you know, it definitely is the responsibility of the manufacturer to put in a safeguard when the product they're putting out has well-known risks. So if, if, we're gonna, if we're going to go down this line, and I, I agree that, that, that this line of logic is, is absolutely necessary, uh, where, do, where does the throttle fit in where it allows you to take that car substantially above the speed limit? And in fact, you know, I've, I've, I've argued here, you know, the speedometer in my car goes up to 220 miles an hour. Now, you know, it's a car that is driven on the Autobahn. Great. Um, and could be taken to Watts, Watkins Glen. Great. Uh, but maybe it should be geofenced so that if it's there, then it, you know, shows up at 220. Uh, but but should otherwise maybe I don't know. Of course, I like nine over personally, and I shouldn't say that. But I do <laughs> like nine. And 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 but the, the whole speed thing, at least in you know my perspective as just a citizen, has just gotten to be. I'll blame it on COVID. Gotten to be just to me, just worse in the last since COVID. It was bad before. Now it's like nuts. Now maybe it's just here in Jersey on 295 or the Turnpike where Turnpike, New Jersey Turnpike has a speed limit of 55 miles an hour. You do 55 miles an hour when it's not congested. You're a danger on there. Okay. I think it's so, mostly uh, 65, but still. No, no, no. I, I was, I just went up to Newark to pick up my wife, Newark airport. You know, I just know it looked up at the sign. It said 55. I looked down on my speedometer. I won't say what I was doing. But. That was probably a, a zone <laughs> but, for but, something. But, I mean, yeah. it, it yeah. really, it, it well, you know, t talk about, and, and, and I think the other sort of comment that I've made, you know, a lot of people talk about hands-offness. To me, the, yeah. the whole value of this is feed-offness. The, the, the feed offness to me is, is that if I look only personally, you know, I don't have anything to do with my hands except put, put them on the steering wheel, or at least one of them, you know, most of the time. But my feet off those pedals and it maintains a speed or it maintains a gap to me is like talk about relief and, and, and pressure. Otherwise, I have to look down on my speedometer and then look up and then look down and then look up. And am I going right? And if I drifted, you know, whatever. And, and you know, and, and it's the it's the feet business that at least personally to me, I don't know how it is to others. I don't know if you've, you've investigated drivers and, you know, tried to look at, you know, which is, which is more appealing to drivers, the hands-offness or the feed-offness at all. I, I haven't seen anybody that, that has done that. I'm sure somebody has. I just haven't I, seen I, it. Yeah, I, I haven't done any 
research into that, but I, yeah, I love adaptive cruise control. It's, it's great. <laughs> so yeah, yeah the other question I might ask that you might have looked at, or if, you know, to to what extent is it purchased? And to what extent once purchased, is it used? And do you have any perspective going back to what I call stupid cruise control, which was, you know, it, it was just the the control of the throttle, not the control of the throttle and the brake, which is what intelligent or, you know, whatever adaptive cruise control, whatever names, it goes by 15 different names, yeah. whatever that does. Do you, do you have any insight on that? On, um, on, on, yeah, on the I know, extent I know. that it's it is actually my wife won't use it. Okay, drives me nuts. Okay. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> I I drive through Princeton with it on. Why? And because why doesn't it, she use it? What, have you asked her why? Because she doesn't get it. She doesn't feel she gets any benefit from it. She okay. she prefers to you know it, it it doesn't it doesn't do it for her. You know, it okay. just doesn't do so, it for her. So so this you know? is a good segue uh, yeah, back yeah. into Fred's mention of the other report yeah. that we put out in December, which is right. the ADAS usability guidelines, right? And that is a behemoth of a document. Uh, take your time, pace yourself if you're going to read it. Uh, but basically, what that is is. Um, consumer data from our surveys and other research, you know, methods that we have at Consumer Reports, where we have learned what consumers like and don't like and what they use and they don't use and all of these things, right? So we find that there are several different features um, that consumers shut off because they find them annoying, they don't understand them, they don't trust them, whatever. There's a litany of reasons why they may not use them, right? And so in order for any of the benefits, especially the, the safe, the active safety features, right? In, in order for any of those to be realized, we need to have consumers keeping them on and, and using them in their vehicles. But oftentimes what we find based on our data is that, you know, a really good example is, is lane departure warning. A lot of people don't really like that feature because it's constantly beeping at them or it's beeping at them and like, they're like, I'm going straight or whatever, right? So it's too sensitive or or they don't know why it's beeping or they can't turn the beep off and they want it to be a vibration, right? Um, and so this document, actually, we looked at precisely what you were, you know, maybe your wife uh, has some, some feelings in there beyond just, I don't have benefit, you know, she might even be able to say, well, I don't trust it or I don't find maybe the following distance to be, comfortable or suitable, right? Maybe she likes to be further away and that is a setting that's not offered. Maybe she likes to be closer because cars are continually cutting in front of her and it's just making her upset, right? So, you know, all of those reasons are captured in data that we have and basically used to create this document to help the manufacturers basically design better ADAS so that people will want to use them will understand what they do, what they don't do, and then will benefit from them. Yeah, well, on, on the lane departure, at least I have one recommendation to the, it's just not smart enough, okay? It, it shouldn't be, It's this isn't a bang, bang thing. You depart a lane or don't depart a lane. It's not that easy. It's, it's, it's in places you you know, there's a car parked too far, whatever, and you almost have to depart the lane. You don't want this darn right. thing beeping at you. It should know that. It right. it has the it really has the information to know it. It just hasn't implemented it. Uh, uh, but if you if you cross a double line and there's a car coming the other way, the darn thing should go nuts. Okay, and 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 the problem is that the problem of what the manufacturers have done is that they they haven't taken they they've simplified the problem, put it out there, and 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 the problem isn't simple. It's it's it it really has many different dimensions, which I guess I'd like to to, to discuss with you is your thoughts because part of what you do is make recommendations and i'll see if you make some recommendations because when i make them i nobody pays attention to me but whatever <laughs> yeah you there, gotta there, write this like really there, long paper and then everyone will hate you know, to read there, it there, are, yeah. <laughs> there are a couple you know i like to point out that there are a couple good things that are basically on all the time in the vehicle and it's really hard to shut them off it's the yeah. analog brakes and it's the uh, and it's the electronic uh, stability control 
Okay. Mm -hmm. You can't turn off the electronic stability control if you're stuck in sand or, or Alabama mud or something like that. I guess you can turn it off, but those mm -hmm. things are on all the time because I guess NHTSA finally got around to it saying, you know, these things are really valuable and they're all on all the time. I'd even suggest that the Ford system, the GM system, maybe all the way down to the Tesla system should be on all the time. It should, it well, shouldn't, well, it, it should, it shouldn't allow us. It should not, it should not allow us to tailgate. It should not allow us to speed excessively. They shouldn't. My opinion, you may so not want to be there, but there's well, yeah, a big go ahead. difference though, Alec, between the stability control and any lock brake systems, right? So first of all, those are systems that only activate when you need them most, when you right. are skidding out or you are slamming on the brake really hard, right. right? So they're not coming on as some sort of an annoyance or nuisance, right? right. They're also tuned very, very well, right? If there right. were a tuning issue with these, everyone would know about it and the manufacturers would have to go and fix it. Right. Absolutely. So yes. these, these other features, these newer features are not tuned as well. And there, there's some that come on sometimes when a crash is not imminent. Right. And so there is a huge difference between, you know, having a system on all the time that maybe isn't providing benefit and could be annoying you versus these other ones. So yeah, I think there's a difference. Of course, but the manufacturers have to get there because but, because then there is this automatic emergency braking system yep. business, right? Which in some vehicles is on all the time. Okay, you hit 1.6 seconds to time the collision and the thing goes nuts, okay? Um, luckily, we're not very often 1.6 seconds time to collision, and so it doesn't tend to go off, but it goes on completely going nuts. Mm -hmm. Yet we also have these intelligent cruise control systems that that just work really, I mean, my opinion, work really well. They gradually slow you down. They gradually speed you up. They whatever. So on the one hand, we have these systems that we get to turn on or not turn on or whatever. And then we have this other system buried someplace. And I don't think the two of them talk to each other. I don't think they do because, and, and, and darn it. So Alan, they let should. me tell you about this okay. fun new feature that is coming to cars. Great, okay. great, great, so great, great, there's, great. There's not a standard name for it yet. Don't worry. It'll okay. be in the next round of clearing okay. the confusion. But essentially, it's proactive braking assist. So maybe I just gave it a yeah, name. Okay, there. great. Wonderful okay, so name. Wonderful name. Thank you. I like yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, so no. It is this feature that is um, really coming on electric vehicles originally, but now we're starting to see it on hybrids and others too. Okay, so let me explain this feature. So it is basically without having adaptive cruise control on, it is using the forward facing radars to look at the vehicle in front of you. And before you would ever get a forward collision warning or automatic emergency braking, it knows that you're approaching this vehicle like adaptive cruise control at whatever rate of speed and you're encroaching on it and it will apply its own braking. And if, if you've been in an electric car, it feels like regenerative braking has kicked in, right? So it starts to slow the down, slow down the car gradually as you approach this. And some of them even will bring you all the way to a stop if you, I don't recommend it. But if you were to not apply your own braking, it's going to do that far enough in advance, again, proactively, right, to to slow the car. Um, and so it is very, very much like exactly what you are asking for is like adaptive cruise control that's on all the time, but it is just looking for that car and keeping your headway. That's this feature. And I love it. And it's the best thing ever. <laughs> it's 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 the best thing ever. Because because <laughs> why why wait until all hell's about to break loose? Right. You know, at 1.6 seconds and then, you know, tighten my seatbelt, close the roof, put the bolster down so the engine doesn't come take my legs out. Do all the stuff that they do, you know, right. apply the brakes like whatever. Right. When, when in, I don't know what percentage of the cases, they knew it was coming. Right. They knew these well, things occur yeah. over time. Now, there are some in which the meteorite comes down in front of you and you don't have a chance, in which the, the moose jumps out of the woods and you, do, you, you don't have a chance. 
But the probability of those and the distribution of those accidents is way out on the tail. You've got the meat of the distribution in which you knew it was coming. Right. So, so yes, automatic emergency braking as designed is supposed to be a last resort, right? Come on at the last second by design. We don't want a lot of, you know, phantom braking is what people are calling it, you know, false activation type of stuff by design. But what you're saying is let's have another feature, right? That yeah, doesn't no, earlier. I want and another don't feature. Don't worry. There are, are people Bring that have these done two things it together. It's real. Have one it's talk real. to each other. It's and real. of course, the other thing that drives me nuts, which I think we've talked about before with the intelligent cruise control or whatever we mm -hmm. call it, is if I tap the brake, it turns the whole darn thing off. And that drives me nuts because there, at least maybe I'm just the one occurrence in the whole population, 7 billion people of the world, that if I touch the brake, it doesn't mean turn off the brake. It means turn off the acceleration, okay? I don't want to go as fast. But if I need to go slower than what I'm at in that break, help me out here. Don't just, hey, oh, you got it. Here's the hot potato. You take it. I mean, how could they possibly implement a system like that? It seems to me, and this is what they've done. And it drives me nuts. Is this new system that you're talking about, Kelly? Is that going to uh, do what Alan wants to, to do here? Then, um, kind of. So it it basically, without having adaptive cruise control on, um, say you're you know city driving or stop and go even right, and you don't have adaptive cruise control on. So it is it is using the radars and, and cameras and other sensors, right, forward facing, to look for that vehicle, and it starts recognizing it further. But way further back than the you know automatic emergency braking right and so it comes on very very gradually and so you can almost feel a little bit of the response of the brake coming on which in itself is good because it is almost like a kinesthetic warning right of a oh something is changing the vehicle is slowing down but it's not abrupt enough to be intrusive and it basically kind of ramps up the braking power as you get closer to that vehicle if you were to, you know, say that that car is going to, you know, turn out of your way and you push the accelerator, it's not going to prohibit or inhibit in any way you using the accelerator pedal. And also same with the brake, right? If you want to apply your own braking, great. It's, it's just an additional kind of early warning braking system as you approach. You are still in, excuse me, still in full control of both acceleration and braking. But if I don't brake enough, just because I hit the brake, don't all of a sudden take over the darn thing and say, hey, we're not braking anymore. You've got to continue to monitor. And if it needs more brake, then apply more brake. And if I don't want to apply the brake, I'll hit the gas. Okay. I'll, I'll override it that way. You, you, you want to give the driver the opportunity to override, Ryan, right? Because the driver's, I mean, I, I'm king. I'm king of the road. I mean, you know, you can't sell me a product that doesn't make me king of the road. I'll send it back. I, I agree with that. But darn No, but this, this but one does exactly that. It, okay. it continues to brake. If you were to take your foot off the brake pedal and you're still approaching that vehicle, it will continue to brake. When you test it, please make sure you test that. Okay. Oh, I will. Ser yes. it's, no, it's seriously, so, because because yeah. to me it's such an oversight with an, with intelligence cruise control that mm -hmm. if I tap the brake, it it then says, "Who? Okay, it's yours. I'm out of here. Yeah. It's your problem right. now. Both acceleration braking. It's yours. Yeah. Come on. Okay, Kelly, do you, do you have a handle on when? We're likely to start seeing this. So we are seeing it now. So we there. It's an Audi. We've got it in um, in one of our Porsches, electric vehicles. These are mostly again. Um, Toyotas have it. There's a handful of those. So again, mostly electric vehicles because it is actually in those vehicles using the region, right? Um, but even in some of the hybrids. So we have a Toyota hybrid right now um, that has it. So I'm guessing that we're going to start to see it in non-electrics right so so gas powered as well where they're just using the actual you know disc brakes um or engine braking really to um to slow the vehicle so it is out there on quite a handful of cars already um and so yeah i have my eyes on it i think that it's definitely a potential safety feature 
Um, I think it's amazing. You don't have to have adaptive cruise control on to do it. Um, and the best part is that it is truly so subtle that it's non-intrusive. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm starting to keep a log of which cars have it and I'll be, uh, you know, probably doing some testing on it and definitely going to standardize the, what we call it, the term for it eventually as well. So yeah, it's kind of the, the thing I'm, I'm watching most. So, but again, if I can make a recommend, please make mm -hmm. sure that if, if the action is tap a brake, it deals with the acceleration part of it, not the braking part of it. Okay. Certainly apply the brake, but if it thinks it needs more brake, it shouldn't say, Hey, you know, Alan tap the brakes. It's on him. Let him do right. the braking. Right. Okay. Because, yeah. because I'm afraid I may not be braking enough. Yep. And I would, I would like to have this stuff in here. If it thinks just like when it hits the automated emergency braking system, Oh my goodness, you're 1.6 seconds to collision. Yep. You are in deep caca. <laughs> okay. Yeah, help no. me out here. To, I need help. I need help. And, I need help. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll have to come back on and tell you about okay. what we've yes. seen no, we, we would yeah. We would love to have, have you on that. Yeah. Absolutely. What do you think um, with respect to if I, you have um, intelligent cruise control on should there be a light or some mechanism on the vehicle that lets other people know in the, in the, in the stream of cars, what mode you're controlling the vehicle in? Are you controlling the vehicle in a human mode or in a, you know, algorithmic mode? Where, I, don't where do you... I don't think there's a benefit to either the occupants of that vehicle or the surrounding ones. Um, I can see some potential negatives of people wanting to kind of mess with it, right? Um, so if they see some of these, you know, Waymos and cruises and, and Ubers or whatever out in the streets, there are a lot of documents, documentation and, and reports of people trying to, oh, I'm just going to jump out in front of it. And, oh, I'm going to try to <clears throat> do something to see how it behaves. And that can become an issue. Right. Um, and so, you know, telling that broadcasting that uh, definitely has a concern. Um, I'm not sure what benefit it would have to to other drivers um, by, you know, broadcasting what mode it is in, because ideally that vehicle should still be following the rules of the road. And, and of course, rules of the rural road, sometimes being customary rules of the road too, beyond just the laws. Um, and so if it's not behaving in a way that is expected of it, that's its own problem. Um, and I don't think, uh, you know, having a, a special light on it gives an, an excuse or, um, or anything else, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't really see the benefit. So, so the, the, the reason why I suggest this is uh, I happen to drive the Pennsylvania Turnpike every once in a while, which is mm -hmm. one of these guys. Mm -hmm. And a dominant mode of human driving is the constant accelerator depression mode, okay, in which you rest your foot on the accelerator and leave it there. And what that does is you go slow up the hills and fast down the hills and you're going up and down. Whereas if the car is operating in a constant speed mode, which is basically what the, what the intelligent cruise control mode is, that doesn't happen. So you're not sitting there, uh, do I pass this vehicle and let it pass me or whatever and so on and so forth, or do I just, hey, it's going constant speed and I'll just relax in behind it and whatever. It's not playing this this game or whatever. And and to me, it, it, it just, the, the other aspect of that and the other reason why I sort of pointed out is that if one looks at the, at the express buses operating into and out of New Jersey to the New Port Authority bus terminal and so on, they happen to have in the back backup lights, brake lights, and up here, white lights. And what the white lights tell the, basically, I think the buses on the exclusive bus lane going in there, tell it that this is the driver has taken his or her foot off the accelerator. 
okay? So that it's now not going constant speed anymore, or not really varying speed, it would be by incline or whatever. It's basically reducing speed because of drag, okay? And it provides, I think, you know, the reason it's there is it provides the, the trailing vehicle some information instantaneously because of the light of what the vehicle ahead is about to do. I mean, if the brake lights come on, you instantaneously, at the speed of light, it goes into your brain, the vehicle ahead is going to start decelerating, okay? Until the brake lights go on, and, you know, it's really the function of either drag or or the accelerator. And there is some valued, in, I think, some valued information that is provided to the vehicles around that basically give you a, a, a glimpse into the future behavior of this vehicle. Is it, is it going to operate mainly because of what grade you're on, or is it going to operate mainly because of what speed it's been set on? So that would be the virtue of having a light or, or, you know, passing that information out to the other folks. Now, yes, there is this, you know, you know I'm going to play games. I'm going to be a 13-year-old. I've got nothing better to do. Da, 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 da. But that, that seems to me to be, well, I don't know. Um, an yeah, unfortunate it's an piece. Not, nothing, yeah. nothing is perfect, of course. But, 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 yeah. but I think there is information, and there's valuable information that would benefit other people around. So that, hey, this car's on cruise control. I happen to set mine at sixty-four miles an hour. She said hers at sixty-three. What, what's the difference? I'll just sit there and follow. Okay, but it's not going to be the you know do 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 that a normal, normal driver behavior is under normal control is really not very pretty when you actually look at it okay there are all sorts of distractions that go on that the person goes speeds up slows down da da do for who knows what speaking over here da 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 whereas if it's if it's an algorithm doing this you know a lot of that variability is taken out of that that driving thing i think Okay, and yeah, I haven't no, seen anybody. An I, I haven't seen anybody really. I haven't done it. I, maybe I should have tested it. <laughs> anyway, I'm throwing that into you. Take a look at. Think about that. I mean, that's what that's what you guys do very well. And and I'm just throwing it out there as a, as a yeah. No, suggestion. I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting idea, and and um, I can see that you know that information could be helpful for sure. Um, you know, I'd, I'd have to look at what the cost benefit is, right? Like, are, are there a lot of accidents that are happening because of not having that light, you know? Probably, and then probably not. Cost, probably, yeah, they're they're yeah. probably so there's, not. There's probably I mean, it's, 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 it's a comfort and convenience or something. And, yeah. and you know, I've proposed that the, the, the informal response I've gotten out of NHTSA from this is that they just don't want any other lights on a vehicle. Okay. They don't want to confuse mm -hmm. right. people. It they could, don't want, exactly. you know, yeah, and, and so on and so forth. There, there are right. those right. things, but yet, you know, now we have, I don't know, 13 different brake lights on the back of a vehicle. I don't know how many they know. I guess it's only three, but you know, <laughs> they decide to stick another one. And it just seemed that, that, that what motivates me most about this is the, is the interesting piece of these express buses that use the XBL uh, going to the, to the, uh, to the Port Authority bus terminal that tend to have these other lights on there. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had never heard of that. So maybe I'll, I'll look it whatever. up and do some yeah. reading. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Just an observation from riding up and down the New Jersey Turnpike, I guess, whatever. Um, Terrific. Kelly, any other thoughts about what the vehicle makers are, are getting right or really getting wrong? Any observations? Yeah, I, uh, and Alan probably would vehemently agree with me, but basically the idea of uh, driver collaboration, right? So we see some of these systems that uh, notably um, Super Cruise and, and Autopilot and actually Rivian as well, actually do not allow the driver to collaboratively steer with the vehicle within the lane while remaining active, right? So of course there's different types of disengagements where autopilot and the Rivian, if you, if you steer, it essentially shuts itself off. Uh, but 
essentially the same thing happens with super cruise where if you steer within the lane it shuts itself off into the standby mode which arguably could be a worse than just shutting itself off um and so that creates this perception for the drivers of well either the system's doing it or i'm doing it but it can't be both i can't steer with the system to avoid a pothole or to reposition uh within the lane to give breath to surrounding traffic or anything like that and so it creates this um the system's doing it which can lead to you know going down that path of well i'll just do something else because the system's got this right and it can you know, expedite uh, the complacency and, and over-reliance on the system. Um, so yeah, the, the biggest thing is is the systems that allow for that um, actually, you know, promote drivers to not get themselves into some sort of, you know, tricky situations or, or just see what the system is going to do before intervening um, because they aren't penalized for doing so. Right, and you specifically knocked, I think, uh, Tesla and and Mercedes for giving drivers, I guess, a, too much leeway to not be paying attention. Yeah, that's right. So um, we we counted, we ha- we timed how long the driver can either, you know, depending on the system, have their eyes or hands off um, before getting an audible warning. And so, uh, you know, audible because if you're falling asleep or distracted, the visual doesn't do a whole lot of good. So we counted to the first audible one. Um, and yeah, those systems, uh, you know, 30 seconds in some cases, right? That's that's a whole lot of time for a driver to not be paying attention and looking at the road um, or have their hands on the wheel uh, before giving that type of a warning to drivers. So yeah, they got they got knocked for that one for sure. I, I, I you know, sort of my personal view is that is that um, hands on the wheel is one indication of whether or not you're paying attention. I mean, the, the eye Maybe. trackers are yeah. really there. Exactly. I know you can probably put a prism in front of the camera and so on and show a picture of someone with their eyes right straight and you can fa- you can fake your way around it the way, you know, the the, the torque on the wheel you hang a you know there right. you go to the web you find unfortunately, you know, who knows how many ways to cheat. Well, it's not uh, even you know, just you know, having it's, these it's like really defeat. It, it, yeah. It's not even going as far as having a defeat device or mechanism yeah. hanging something on the wheel, right? We've seen, and we're consumer reports were part of the MIT ABT advanced vehicle yeah. technology consortium. And in part of our research, we have seen, cause we have all of our vehicles are, are you know, rigged mm-hmm. up with video equipment. We've seen drivers in a Tesla where they will be completely, you know, doing whatever they're doing on their phone, looking down here. And then out of the corner of their eye, they see on the screen, whether it's the center screen or wherever, the, you know, blue light starting to flash, which means put your hands torque the wheel, right? They see that, they reach over and they'll nudge the wheel a little bit, satisfy the warning, go back to what they were doing, all the while not once ever putting their eyes on the road. So it's not even about the defeat devices. It's that it's an absolutely just inadequate way to ensure that the driver is paying attention totally inadequate it's totally inadequate and 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 you know when when gm first came out with the eye tracker i think you everybody me everybody said this is the you know best thing since sliced bread with respect to this i mean you know you look you you have even even though the the manual says it 14 times over and so on you have to pay attention yeah. Okay. Right. With these systems, all of them, none of them today are good enough. Okay. And and they're not good enough for 30 seconds unless, you know, what, they can do 30 seconds in some places and so on. But they the just, problem is just they'll not, reliably they, do it for they, they, all the times until it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, until it doesn't. Exactly. You know, and you don't have to drive too far until you hit right. it doesn't. And exactly. guess what? Either you're dead, somebody else is dead, or you're both dead. I mean, this is this is this is serious business, okay? Yeah. And yeah. and it, it's it's it, and it's supposed to be a right, not a. It's supposed to be a privilege. I almost said it inversely, not a right to drive. It's a privilege to go out there and do it for yourself. So easily and so well to have all that mobility but you're putting a whole bunch of folks at risk in doing this. 
and and you know and the size of the vehicles is like i mean uh, to me one of the worst things of evs i mean how's it letting tanks come back out on the road i mean the hummers uh, i mean bring back the hummer I never you, i don't want you to comment on that that's my <laughs> comment i know you don't agree and whatever but and i don't know please don't say it you don't have, really you know i mean you gotta be we have to be driving tanks out there to get from a to b just it's it's like and uh, they kill people yeah yeah there's a lot of safety stuff going on cars but there's also yeah the size of cars the hood height of, of vehicles oh. are definitely increasing so there's a lot of new new concerns being introduced as well for sure on, on one of the the since we've been talking about um automatic rear um uh, emergency braking mm -hmm. uh backup emergency brake really good systems aren't they or it, it, you've looked at them right uh, well again backup so systems. Just, just like with all of the other systems we have consumer data to say what is good what they don't like what, yeah. if they like the beeping if they like the vibrate if they turn it off right and and so yeah we we definitely have data on those systems as well you know they they can be good but they can also be annoying um especially in trucks, right? If you put the tailgate down, now the camera is facing the ground, so it's kind of useless. Um, I know personally in my driveway, I kind of have to pull, I, I have to back out of my garage because um, my garage is a side load one to my house. So I have to kind of back out of it one way and then pull straight mm -hmm. to go forward out the driveway. And I have a, a potted plant. And, you know, in the summer when it's big and, you know, very leafy and foliage, it wants to break me way in advance, right? So they've, they've got their... Their pros and cons for sure, just like all of the data. Yeah, yeah, like all. But but uh, again, your one's not going all that fast. One does, and I guess it's, I don't know whether the data is out there as to how many kids it, it saved, but it must have saved a ton of kids who just happened to be whatever. And, and a few bicycles a few too, bicycles. perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> but you're not going all that fast. And of course, they're on all the time, and it's kind of nice that they're on all the, whatever, at least my opinion mm -hmm. of it, and, and so on. Terrific, Kelly. Consumer Reports is also out with a, a new report on the latest vehicle owner satisfaction. We just want to touch on that for, for a second. That's what's not, I guess, your department necessarily, but scoring highest there, the, the Chevy Corvette, which might make Alan smile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't that's probably have one, one of my favorite cars, too. You don't I, have I, one, I would, but you I, like I think I would love to have one, but again, uh, we, I mean, we I, I need one. Of, I, I, you, you had one and you sold yeah, it? Yeah, we, we had it as a test car, right? We had a C8. Yeah, the mid-engine Stingray. It was red. Oh, I've taken the top. It's a convertible red Corvette, right? You should have yeah, had an orange. Love, orange with love, the black stripe. You know, the no, 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 no. It was Go so ahead. good driving that around. Yeah, we finally had to give that up. A lot of people cried when, when that one went. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I no, agree. That no, is a very satisfying it, car. It's it's a beautiful vehicle, but like I need one of those, like I need a hole in the head. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, so I'm too old, unfortunately. I guess. A couple of quick headlines, Alan, from the uh, from the latest uh, Smart yeah. Driving Cars newsletter. Uh, Navia announcing the opening of a receivership yeah. procedure. You had a comment there. Yeah, well, you know, um, want to be driverless shuttles uh, um, don't have a chance. Axios is reporting. Axios is reporting that fully autonomous passenger planes are inching closer to take off. That's the headline. But the article does say nobody is suggesting human pilots will entirely disappear anytime soon. I mean, what, what's the matter with people writing headlines? I mean, they all want to be Elon Musk. I mean, use the word fully. I got to use the word fully. I mean, come on. I, do, you, do you have any idea what the pilots union would do? They are they are pushing back against the idea of, of uh, the FAA being able to reduce the number of, uh, of pilots in the cabin to one. They don't, they don't want well, that. Well, of course not. You know, so the railroads are the same way. OK, I mean, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we're, we're nowhere near. Aren't going to be. It's not going to be in my lifetime. Probably not my kid's lifetime, probably not my grandkid's lifetime, whatever. I don't know. You highlight a New York Times piece uh, headlined, A Fight Against Sludge. Uh, sludge meaning fees <laughs> and such. I think the president touched yeah, on Yeah, I think the president, the I don't know, man. You know, you almost have to love Biden for, put, for, for putting that out there. I mean, it's just amazing. 
you go to the Frontier Airlines site, you know, $19 flights. <laughs> By the time you actually, you know, get on the airplane, it's it's at least, you know, 10x. So, I, I mean, I, I understand. And, and the, the best part about that is, of course, they, uh, they uh, recommend a reading of Daniel Kahneman's book, which everybody should read, you know. Think fast, slow, and whatever. You highlight uh, also a piece about from Mobileye. Really, there's a post that's headlined <laughs> "Defining a New Taxonomy for Consumer Autonomous Vehicles." I mean, this is from their CEO and CTO, Alan, I mean, uh, advocating simpler language to define autonomy levels. I mean, what have we been doing for eleven years or more, Fred? I mean, it's just like. Come on, that's uh, levels. I mean, next thing instead gonna... of level one, etc. They they suggest I think eyes on, eyes off, hands on, hands off, driver versus no driver. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. It, it's still as we we've already talked about it. I think the feet on, feet off to me is is the key piece. The hands on, hands off. I mean, put your hands on the wheel, okay? And and probably I don't know. Maybe maybe Kelly, you can you know to avoid stuff you want to hit the brakes swerving is is generally i think not a good idea uh because yeah you know, i mean you know I, yeah. sure but but i think in the thought process is oh my goodness i am between a rock and a hard place okay to me, the initial reaction better be hit the darn brakes. And then when you that's not going to work, then sort of look around as to whether I can miss it to the right or to the left. Uh, and I, I, I think that the ordering process is really important. And so, you know, the the key thing is, is, is the feet on, feet off and the hands, you know. Anyway, that's just... That's a personal thing. Sorry. And since it is coming up, uh, we'll throw this in. The Super Bowl host committee has named Waymo its official autonomous technology partner. Okay. <laughs> Great. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not, not going to comment. They, they, are, they, are, they the already don't like me, so right. I'm not going to. I'm not going to comment. So um, you know, because uh, all, all I'm going to do is get myself into trouble. So. And you're not at the Super Bowl because the Stillers aren't the there. Stillers aren't there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's the crazy Eagle fans. I mean, oh, I mean, you just. Never mind. <laughs> I don't want to be there. Uh, Let's I'm a Stiller a fan, so anyway. I watch the car commercials, what? so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'm gonna. Yeah, well, I guess. I, Anything you're looking forward to that you've uh, that you've heard about uh, on the commercials coming up, the car commercials, Kelly? Oh no, I'm I'm definitely a critic of them as well. Like the, the Edward Scissorhands uh, Super Cruise one where you don't even need hands. You can have scissors. That's how hands off it is. Not great. Yeah, so no, yeah, I, will not, be, I will be scrutinizing them. <laughs> and then a couple of years ago, what was it? Who was it that's, that sort of had their car, you know, because of the automated the driving parking thing, squeeze in between two cars in Boston. You know, they could squeeze in between a, in a parking space between yeah. it. Smart park. Smart park. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, Hyundai. Yeah. Uh, Hyundai. I, I mean, I'm thinking yeah. you do that in Boston. You do that in Boston. You know what happens? Yeah. You don't have a windshield. Okay. <laughs> you don't have, you do, I mean, you know, you do that. You, you put your car in there with a shoehorn. We're taking it out with a sledgehammer. I mean, you know, are you kidding? <laughs> get, get serious. And uh, come on. <laughs> you <know>? Kelly. <laughs> Ke Kelly, we can't thank you enough for spending time with us. And, uh, Taking on all of Alan's suggestions is just terrific. No worries. Thank you. No, yeah, happy to be here. Thanks. Lo love having you again. Um, uh, we try to make it a little light and so on. This is very serious business. Okay. And 
mobility, which just so improves our quality of life, we can't believe it. But boy, it comes with responsibility because because things can get out of hand very quickly and and just just be very bad. So you know, it's nice to see all these good things helping us out. It's nice, you know, trying to make it safer and more convenient and relaxing. But and we have to cool it a little bit. And we're so happy that that uh, you guys are out there, Kelly. Uh, doing this and uh, really for all the right reasons. So we're always well, pleased you. to have you on board. Okay. The site, of course, is consumerreports.org. You don't even have to spell the whole thing out. You can just go to cr.org. Thanks to CARTS, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, for helping to make this podcast possible. CARTS is a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to safe and high-quality mobility for all. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, wherever you get your podcasts from. Smart speakers can play us, too. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening or watching. Please continue to stay safe. Hey, and happy Valentine's Day to everybody. It's coming up next week. <laughs> <laughs>